Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program as we kick off hour number one. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. That is the toll-free SACL CAI call-in line. That's 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That's in stark contrast, by the way, to those other radio talk show hosts that want to charge you a subscription fee to their website. We've got all the features they do, and ours are free. So head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy that on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Again, we'll take your calls about whatever's on your mind, if you make them. Before, uh, you, uh, again, before that, though, we'll, uh, we'll take you to the airports of America, where the Transportation Security Administration is up to no good yet again. I mean, does anybody like these guys? Really? If you like the TSA, I'd love to hear from you. I think a lot of people consider them an... A necessary evil. You think so? I just consider them awful. Just awful. In fact, the uh, this recent story comes from Indianapolis, where we happen to be live tonight. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll give you that here in moments. But first, let's go to the phones and talk to Mark in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Hey, can you guys hear me okay? We've got you, Mark. What's on your mind? Okay, uh, I just kind of have a question about the program. Um, I don't know if you've talked about this, Ian, but it would be... Uh, pretty beneficial to you, I guess, in the future. Uh, I've uh, done quite a bit of research over the last few years, to say the least, been educated and all that on, you know, the topic of, of liberty. Okay. And I've uh, wanted to get on the air recently and uh, get on, like, a, maybe a local small-town radio show. Sure. And uh, I was wondering, uh, which I'll probably be able to do, i got to talk to a few people about it, you know, with a few stations or whatever, but uh, have you ever thought of uh, branching out? Like free free talk lab with like uh, satellite stations here, there, and various towns, whatever. You do understand we are heard on thirty radio stations, including in Indianapolis, where you are. Right, but have you thought of having like a um, individuals doing their own version of free talk live in different towns, so it can uh, at different times of we, the day, you know, different hours, so we, it could be even more widespread. We have discussed um, something like free talk live franchises. Where um, right. you know different people would do shows like that, so the the idea has been played out a little bit. Um, I've never discussed that. You've discussed it with me. I don't recall. Yeah, well, there <laughs> what you go. did I say? <laughs> you you weren't ready to do it. I don't see how. I mean, first of all, I don't believe in intellectual property. So, I mean, if you want to go and start your own free talk live, you can. I think the problem you're going to run into is uh, trying to differentiate yourself from our show. I mean. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to go about it. I think you just might be better off starting your own original content and uh, and building your own brand. I think it might just make more sense to have your own brand uh, than to use ours. Uh, but I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to file a lawsuit or anything like that. But at the same time, I'm also not going to necessarily uh, get behind you and endorse what you're doing either. So. No, right. So I don't know. I it doesn't it's I think it's a kind of a cool idea. It's not something that really gets me started and gets me excited and if I'm not excited then uh it's Who's not going to do it, right? <laughs> right. It's not really going to it's not really going to happen, but I don't want to discourage you from getting out there and getting into the world of radio and and uh getting your feet wet and getting experience and 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 bringing the message of liberty to uh to another station or to the station you're listening on or or whatever. Right. Well, um, yeah, I've thought about it here, but there's too big of a market here and it's too uh some of the smaller towns, I've talked to some of those hosts and some of the program directors, and they uh, they can deal more with people starting out, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, you're in Indianapolis, so it's the, the bigger the market, the more the airtime is going to cost, unless you actually have radio experience. Uh, you, you can't just walk in the door of your local right. radio station and uh, expect them to hand you a, a job. It happens every yeah. once in a while, but 
So you're right. It yep. is easier to get get a foothold in smaller towns. Probably radio. the best the best place to get some practice if you wanted to uh, stay local, you know, stay in Indianapolis would be to start a podcast and say, "Look, I've got this experience here." And then yeah. when somebody uh, in India- Indianapolis had something come open, then then you could go sure. on. Sure. And then of course there's well, the internship option as well, where you know WXNT our affiliate there. You never know; they might just be looking for some internships, and that can always branch into on-air opportunities and so on and so forth. Right, or that are um, there's a lot of like uh, large suburbs around here that are starting like a morning show, more gearing more towards the libertarian, you know, liberty aspect of it, and not even calling a free talk live. I just didn't know if you wanted to have any uh, input in this. If you're thinking about doing the saddling, saddling off and other, like you guys were talking about, or Mark was franchises or anything, or. If you've got questions, you can write us emails. We'll give you the best answers we can. Yeah, I can tell you that as far as uh, from a monetary aspect. We're not making a whole boatload of money right now, so it's not like we would be able to get any sort of franchise fee from you or anything like that uh, if you wanted to do something like that. So, again, it's just there's not really any real interest from our perspective, but I absolutely have an interest in people getting out there and putting liberty-oriented content on the airwaves. I totally support that. I think there needs to be more. I mean, right now, Free Talk Live is unique simply because nobody else in the radio business is really doing anything like this. I mean, if you think yeah, about... Mo- mo- Go ahead. Well, mo- most of talk radio is just a bunch of neocons. I mean, 90% of it is anyway, so... Yeah. Right, and you have to understand something about why we were able to get away with this. Um, the, the reason Free Talk Live is on 30 stations today is because of the Internet. Uh, it wasn't because yeah. some radio executive had vision and decided to uh, to give us a shot. Uh, it's because, well, we got online and we did this show. I mean, we had a local show. We managed to get a, a local show on a, on a radio station. Uh, but, but we got syndicated simply because... Well, the Genesis Communications Network does have a much bigger, a much more of an open mind than other networks do. Uh, so you got to give those guys credit for that because they were, I think, they were pr- pretty visionary in that aspect. But as far as local radio stations are concerned, I don't know if anybody would have looked at this program and said that this was commercially viable. You know, if we'd taken this to a to a big station and and pitched it to them, we probably would have been laughed out of their offices. But because we took the time and started small, started on a couple little stations, a little syndicated show, and grew it out from there, and you know we've been doing it for three years now, we've proven uh, we've proven syndicated. ourselves right as a syndicated show. We've proven ourselves, and so you do have to start small. And I, I highly recommend that you get out there and do it. It's uh, it's going to take time. We've been at it for five years. I've been doing radio for ten, and uh, my mentor in this business told me it takes you ten or fifteen years before you start making decent money. So you know don't ex- and he's he was right by the way. Uh, uh, so don't expect to uh, to get wealthy off of this real quick. It's going to take some right. time. It's going to take a lot of effort. Uh, but it, yeah. but I found it very very worthwhile. And you know what? I I got an email today from a listener that that said, uh, you know, that he was just a dyed in the wool socialist before he found Free Talk Live, and he was thanking uh, thanking me for the show. And it's it's emails like those that even if you aren't making money at this, changing hearts and minds really makes it worthwhile. Yeah, there's something yeah, about all, radio that gives you. Yeah, there's something about radio that gives you an authority as far as uh, the message goes. You can talk to your blue in the face to people you know about uh, liberty and the concepts thereof, and they're going to have all kinds of problems and um, you know uh, accepting it. But for some reason, people will listen to radio and the the uh, the ideas get in their head. There yeah, there's a bit of like reason, reason and logic discussed, and you know when concepts are explained and people go through things like you guys do. 
And, and there's something else about radio. I think the reason for what you're saying, Mark, is because radio is very personal. Because you're yeah. there, even though even though we've got thousands of people listening right now, it's a very personal experience. So um, when it's just you sitting in your car or you at home listening, um, it's it's really one on one. That's how it feels to people, at least, even though that yeah, may no. not necessarily be the case. And so there's something about that. There's something very special about that that uh, that helps break down barriers. I think. Right. I agree. Good luck, Mark, and let us know how it goes, okay? Okay, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. You know, I really look forward to the day, uh, Mark, and Mark, my co-host. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I really look forward to the day when there are people in the radio business that are ripping us off, you know, instead of everybody trying to be Rush Limbaugh. Well, they, they, sort, of, they sort of are, to some extent. Um, <laughs> suddenly, suddenly now, uh, people are using the terminology libertarian and describing themselves. Glenn Beck says he's More a libertarian. More so than before. That's now. true. And Glenn Beck would never used the term libertarian to describe himself previously. That's true. He said, the libert- I remember him saying a couple of years ago, the libertarians scare me. That was the term. That was what he said. He used the terminology and said "scared" right afterwards. Mancow Man and uh, Phil Dennis, Hendry are being marketed as libertarian. Dennis Miller. I don't know if they use the terms themselves, but they're being marketed that way. Dennis Miller claims it's a hip to be, term these days. He claims maybe to be because a of Free Talk Live. Well, I'm not going to go out on that. I limb. will. I love going out on limbs. <laughs> But nonetheless, my point is that sure would be nice, right, to have people ripping Free Talk Live off instead of everybody trying to be the Rush. You know, well, it the next makes Rush perfectly Limbaugh. good sense that they'd be ripping us off. We're the young ones. They know that the money's that the money is not in um, appealing to the oldest, uh, you know, listener out there, but the youngest one. Well, plus we have the best ideas. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one because liberty works, and that's what we like to talk about. We'll talk about uh, the TSA and take your calls about whatever's on your mind. This is the live Saturday edition. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. This is your show. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. That's one 800 259-9231, and we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are for free. We've got a bulletin board system with over a quarter of a million posts. Lots of stuff to talk about, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. How would you like to pay higher prices for goods and services? No. Well, you do every time somebody doesn't pay their bills. And that's one of the many compelling reasons that SACL CAI has been at the cornerstone of, uh, cornerstone of collections for more than 35 years. Before you pay higher prices, think whether the business could use some help with their collections to contain costs so they're not passed on to you. Tell them to call the dedicated collections experts at SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. So we go to the phones to the fun Talk to Mike in Miami, listening on WFTL. Hello, Mike. Good afternoon. Good evening. Hey there. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah. No, mine. I'm trying. I'm trying to get my son into the radio. You got to get him into the radio. In That's difficult. <laughs> you mean actually get him on the radio? Yeah. You know my son. Uh, you know Footy down here in Miami? No. You've never heard of Footy? Freddie? Footy. footy? Yeah, never heard of it. No, but he he meets all kinds of. When you talk to him, he knows all all kinds of people. I mean, it's not just celebrities. He knows 
congressmen and everything. Well, you're talking about uh, you know real celebrities players. and people with a name, and and we're not either of those, so he wouldn't know us. Yeah, we're just radio people. Yeah, Nobody just, knows who we are. We're just slubs. Yeah, but you meet a lot of interesting people. That's that which is true. What I'm saying, you meet congressmen and. And all kinds of me. No, I hate that, congressmen. I couldn't. I couldn't stand. I couldn't stomach it. I, you met Fred I'd Thompson at the last convention. No, I didn't. You saw him. I saw him. <laughs> you went up and met him. I think right. I got stepped on by him. He yeah. actually stepped on my foot. <laughs> so uh, uh, not, not me. But you know, if that's what floats somebody's boat, it, that is certainly possible in the world of radio. If uh, if you're in the world of radio, it's easier to get interviews with the, uh, with those sorts of people. Sure. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to get him in there because. You meet basketball players, you meet How, these people, you meet all kinds of Is that people. why you want to get him in there, is so he can meet those people? or I mean, just Yeah, he loves to talk. Okay. So you want to get him into talk radio then, specifically? Yeah, I don't care for the music. Uh, you know what? Music radio is dying off anyway. It's all going to be talk in the future. Uh, so... What is your plan here? I mean, what? how are you planning on getting yeah, your son? I've already ha- got him. I've already... The footy's already let him go to his radio show one day when he's off of school because I have to have him in school all the time. Okay. So how old is your son? The boy boy is 11 years old, and I guarantee he can answer any question you want. Let me tell you something. There's no better time to start in radio than as early as possible. I mean, if you can get your son or son or daughter into radio in their early teenage years, that is the best thing you can do because they're going to learn all the mechanics they're going to learn the ins and the outs they're going to learn the business while they're still growing up and then by the time they're 17 or 18 they're going to have a lot of on-air experience uh and they're going to be able to easily transition into a uh, to a full-time career i think it's a great idea for anybody that is interested uh in getting into business and i should say and i caution uh people that this is not a business it appears to be glamorous. When you tune in, you think, oh, people on the radio. They wow, must make money. Must, must be really rich. Mm, no, 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 no. The money is not it, it, It's not the money that I'm looking for. It's the knowledge that he can meet all these people. Great. And good luck with that, and thank you for the call. We really appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. When you get into this business, there are those people that have been in since they were teenagers, like 15, 14 years old, and... You know what? They they they're very good, right? And they're it's, very good. It, it's got to help in in doing it in the future, you know. And what a great uh, great way to get your kid involved in something uh, that can really affect people's lives early on. That's cool. All right, let's continue. Talk to Pete, also listening on WFTL in Miami. Hello, Pete. Hey guys. Hey, I don't know what your point was about uh, the knock on Glenn Beck about the Libertarian and uh, Dennis Miller. Uh, you know, I, I voted Libertarian back when Ron Paul was running for president. I, the term kind of doesn't mean anything anymore because they're so split on abortion and foreign affairs and the whole bit. So right, and I'm because really... of people like because of people like Glenn Beck and uh, Dennis Miller who use the label for themselves when it doesn't really apply. That's why it doesn't mean anything. I agree with you. Yeah, you know, but I, I, I'm not sure if your if your point is that you're trying to find a market segment. I think what we're missing here is. Uh, you know, there's such a split here, the left-right split. I think what somebody needs to come up with is uh, C-SPAN with an attitude. C-SPAN, you know? like think, with commentary over top of the uh, the bureaucrats giving speeches? No, I, well, maybe I, that, that's kind of a misnomer. I don't need <laughs> to have guests all the time. But what I, my point is, is to present a intelligent view of the issues. And it could be a, you know, a radio guy. The closest guy who came to that, I think, was Medved, although he did have his own particular position. He sure does. But when, when he talked... He knew his issues. Yeah, Medved's probably the smartest guy on radio. Yeah, I agree with you. 
But I, and I'll tell you that. That doesn't he, make him right. Like, it just makes him smart. <laughs> exactly. But you don't mind. You don't mind listening to somebody you disagree with. It's smart. Sure. I love listening to his. He does historical things. Um, you know, sometimes he'll dedicate an hour to talking about a certain segment of history. And I really love that. There's a podcast out there called uh, Hardcore History, if, if you dig that portion of Medved's show that you should check out. That's Hardcore well, History. That's Dan Carlin. That's not yeah. Medved. Correct. They dumped him in this market. But let me give you an example of, you know, the other annoying part of that is to talk to somebody who's stupid. And I'll give you the best example. Just listen to left radio. And when they talk about global warming, there are two arguments they will make. The debate is over, and if you don't believe in it, you're in the oil company's pockets. And when you try to push them on it, they'll never talk about it. Well, I have to say that right radio can be just as mindless as left radio. Uh, re- well, left give me radio. an example. Give you an example? Of an issue like that. And just pay attention to that, because when you listen to it, that's all they ever say. I mean, I, I haven't listened to much right radio recently, just because I don't have time for well, it. But yeah, but the, the righties the righties will uh, uh, immediately stop you on the war and say that, uh, for instance, um, you know, we're dealing with a bunch of fanatical crazies over there, and we must wipe them out and eradicate them, and that's our only choice. Right, because they hate freedom or something like that. Or they hate Coca Cola, Britney Spears, or and, whatever. And if you do, if you do not agree with them, you hate the troops, and therefore you hate America. Right. So right, most right, radio right. is mindless like that. And uh, have you ever listened to Free Talk Live before, Pete? You know, I have, and I just caught segments of your show. Is this your regular time every week? Uh, yes, you can catch us there on WFTL for uh, I think we're on seven to nine Saturday nights there, and you can get us online for our other sixteen hours a week uh, at freetalklive.com. But oh, I th- sixteen hours a week. Well, where are you guys out of? Uh, we do it from New Hampshire, but we're actually Florida natives, so we've got a lot of experience uh, living down there in the sunshine, sa- uh, okay. sunshine right. state. So I, I think you're going to find, uh, Pete, that uh, we know our issues, too. So if you've got an issue you want to talk about, we'd love to discuss it with you. Um, uh, you, you caught me flat-footed right there. That's correct. Right. <laughs> Call us back sometime. We appreciate hearing from you, and have a great night and weekend. 800-259-9231. That's all right. He caught me flat-footed with the example from the, the right radio thing. Like, oh, <laughs> well, you don't listen to radio anymore. I do. I listen every yeah. day because I do the sales for this show. Um, that's how I got into radio in the first place is I was a radio salesman, so it really makes perfectly good sense I'd be the director of sales for the show. But I listen every day, and I just try to swipe advertisers from the uh, other radio shows. <laughs> but uh, I particularly like listening to Medved. I like Neil Bortz, too, even though he's, uh, you know, both those guys are pro-war and I'm the, anti-war. The last time I, I agree with these guys to enjoy their shows. Oh, sure, I agree. Uh, but the last time I heard radio, right radio, or whatever you want to call it, conservative radio, uh, it's, just the, it's just the Republican Party talking points. There's not Except really, for immigration. There's not really much uh, original thinking going on there, for the most part. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the left radio. It's just the Democrat talking points. It's just mindless. Anyway, you won't hear any of that crap on Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Shrine of Female Listeners is there. The dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Shrine is well worth the trip. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create 
reliable legal documents, like your will or a living trust, in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. As we continue with the phone calls, it is a show about your call still on the way. Talk the TSA, but first to Justin in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Justin. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, um, I have two questions. Mm-hmm. How close are we are to a North American Union? It's a good question. Um, hard to say. There's not really anything that seems very concrete out there. Word was, I guess this week, was it uh, the Vincent, Mexican president, yeah, Vincente Fox, was on with Larry King, and he did admit uh, that they were looking at some sort of a, a North American Union currency. People have called it the Amero as a possibility. So, you know, it's been pretty much confirmed at this point that that's something that they are working on. However, not sure how successful successful they're going to be at it, because obviously there are a lot of Americans that are going to be very, very upset and are going to protest this. Um, and so I don't know. There hasn't really been anything necessarily set in stone that we've seen, at least. Your next question? Okay. Uh, do you think it was a good idea for me to train in, for three years in the martial arts because I knew this, what this country was going to become? I don't think it's ever a bad idea for people to take the martial arts. I've uh, I've taken a bit myself. I think it's great for people's uh, for discipline and uh, and just for you know physical strength and ability and that sort of thing. Don't be too quick to use it, but yeah. Well, that's one of the things you learn when you're trained in the martial sure. arts is you use the, your uh, power very judiciously and only in the uh, the correct circumstances. I don't think that I don't think that the the world situation has any bearing on whether or not you should have trained in the martial arts, sir. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I wish I had more time to do it myself. I thought it was a lot of fun. I hear it's very good. Good Uh, stuff for your brain. Yep. 800-259-9231. So the rise of the police state, something that uh, we talk about frequently on this show. Some people don't believe it. Some people don't want to believe it. They push it. But I don't feel like, you know, the more I encounter government and their checkpoints and their TSA agents, the less I believe I'm a free person. In fact, Becky Akers at LewRockwell.com tells a tale from Indianapolis Airport. Dead men tell no tale, she says. This is at LewRockwell.com. But apparently those wingdings at the TSA, fear cremated ones, can hijack planes. Given all that the TSA bans, it's surprising the agency allows passengers to transport ashes from a cremated body. In fact, you don't even have to check the ashes. You can carry them right on board. And you'll be respected for it, too. The TSA promises right on their website, quote, We understand how painful losing a loved one is, unquote. I'm sure Rigoberto Alpazar's widow appreciates that. You remember who he is? He's the guy that got shot uh, in the back. On the by the federal, Yeah, by the federal uh, agents for nothing. Didn't remember his name. Yeah. Uh, and she says, uh, again from their website, And we respect anyone traveling with crematory remains, unquote. Well, respect in the TSA's lexicon means groping the grieving and rifling through their belongings. The respect decomposes further when the urn in which your loved one now remains thwarts the TSA's x-rays. Again, from their uh, regulations, quote, If the container is made of a material that generates an opaque image and prevents the security screener, meaning busybody, from clearly being able to see what's inside, then the container cannot be allowed through the security checkpoint. Proving you've got uh, Brother Bob and not a bomb in there should be a simple matter of opening the urn, or so you would think. That's because grief has don't made make you... you shake it out. Come on. That's because grief has made you forget you're dealing with the TSA rather than folks with a lick of common sense. More from their uh, 
nonsense. Quote, out of respect to the deceased and their family and friends, under no circumstances will the screener open the container, even if the passenger requests this be done. Unquote. Balderdash. The agency doesn't pry in extremis as a nod to local tyrannies as their various regulations on handling human remains. Believe me, dweebs who rummage through our underwear and molest young girls for a living don't suddenly grow a conscience when it comes to disturbing the dead. Traveling with a loved one's ashes might not be your preferred way to go, but the TSA says that it's common. The Indianapolis Star quoted Renee Harris, a customer service official, with the TSA. Customer service? At the TSA? Who knew? Who even suspected? Maybe not every day, she says, but at least every week, people take their late loved ones for that final flight. So when a man tried to carry his father's ashes on board at Indianapolis International Airport earlier this month, screeners should have respected him. After all, they'd respected passengers in the same tragic circumstances the week before and the week before that. So you'd think so much respecting would teach even these boneheads how to deal with their dear departed, or with the dear departed. But no. The Star reports that, quote, TSA X-ray screener Lyle Harper pulled the remains aside after seeing a dark image. TSA bag checker Brad Eastman then did an explosive trace detection test on them. The results were negative. Alas, the TSA sees negative results as an invitation to further harassment rather than a reason to desist. The star then quotes a police report because, sure enough, the TSA respected this grieving customer so much that they eventually called the cops on him and his dead father. Eastman spoke to the owner of the urn and learned the urn was the passenger's father. Eastman was satisfied with the urn and bag and allowed the passenger and bag to go down the concourse. Moments after the man was sent on his way, the TSA agent told Harper that he hadn't put the urn through a second X-ray screening. You know, cremated guys can be sneaky. You never know then when they're faking death, so it's best to X-ray them twice just in case. And when you forget that all-important repeat radiation, well, then you alert your supervisor who in grand TSA tradition shuts down the checkpoint. Oh, God. It gets better, though. Everybody had to wait then. That's correct. Despite the so he t- forgot to scan something a second time, so they shut down the sc- checkpoint. That's correct. Despite the TSA's respect for the now-departed departed, the TSA decided to hunt his ashes down for further searching, as if screeners hadn't already pestered him and his son with swabs and x-rays and their other voodoo. He sh- seems strange to call an urn him. She sh- he should have been easy to spot, according to the star. His son, who wore a red shirt and pink hat, was carrying the ashes in a box inside a garbage bag. Still... Airport officials could not find this During distinctive. Dad in the garbage bag. They uh, he could not find this distinctive duo. Ah, the efficiency of the police state and the sour grapes too. Since they couldn't locate those terrorists who'd taken such crafty care to camouflage themselves and draw no attention, they punished passengers by closing the terminal. Oh my God. According to the report, about 500 people were evacuated from concourses B and C for more than an hour, and eight flights were delayed. Naturally, the TSA searched all of these victims all over again before sending them on their way. See, dead men not only hijack planes, but they also pass liquids and gels on to the living. Even the TSA admitted this was overkill, so to speak. One of their spokes-bureaucrats said that, quote, mass evacuation was made out of an abundance of caution, over, uh, unquote. Hey, make that an abundance of power lust. Becky Anchors at LewRockwell.com. They shut down the entire terminal... Because one TSA agent forgot to x-ray somebody's urn well, more than once. What they failed once. to mention in the article is I wonder how many people's trips um, were 
you know, waylaid as a result. And I don't mean by a few minutes getting to your plane. I mean, you know, did the planes take off and all, uh, you know, what happened here? Well, there were eight delayed were flights. Late? Did they miss, did they miss uh, flights in connecting areas? What happened as a result? Well, I mean... Because can, an urn didn't get scanned twice. Well, you can't calculate that, Mark, but, I mean, you know, if you've got eight delayed flights... Yeah. Say 200 people per flight, uh, yeah, 1,600, 1,500 people. Very likely quite a few people missed flights. Right. And, of course, they probably missed coll- uh, connecting flights as a result, but there's no way to, to calculate that information. So, given that story, or in light of that story, how do you feel about the TSA? Do you still think that they're okay? Are you somebody that likes what they're doing? Do you think it was all right and acceptable for them to shut down the entire terminal? If you were sitting in that airport that day and you were explained what happened, would you feel good about what they were up to? I think the biggest problem with the TSA is that there isn't enough competition in the arena of airport security. If, well, they have a monopoly on it. Right. Uh, you know, a government instituted monopoly. Well, that's the only way you can have a monopoly. If every airline had to compete against every other airline for the best security and the most efficient security, I think we'd see better, more efficient security. I think you're right. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. We've got hundreds of our listeners that have decided to amp up, and amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The reason... We have this program is uh, for our listeners to help us get on more stations. More radio stations mean more people coming across the message of freedom and liberty, and that's a valuable thing, or at least we think it is, and so do some of our listeners. If you think so, too, then go and amp the show at amp.freetalklive.com. You get some perks. So we had to sweeten the pot a little bit. So we gave you access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, AMP-only chat room. But you get all of our website for free up front. So this is after the fact. This is after the fact you've determined that you like Free Talk Live and you'd like to help us out a little bit. Three bucks a month is all we're looking for. AMP.freetalklive.com. Plus, Mark, there is something new. And this is one of the coolest things about the AMP program. Yes, Uh, The amplifiers, Free Talk Live amplifiers, people that are amping the show, they will come up with their own perks. Have you noticed this? Um, yeah, they, they they do things for the show. Sure, they've got right. little websites and they do the bit torrents. And well, they but they come up with their own perks for other amplifiers. For instance, uh, the guy at LibertyCard.org uh, he offered a hundred free cards to Free Talk Live amplifiers. That was one example. Now there is an amp shrine of female listeners. There hmm. is a there is a thread on our website on the uh, Free Talk Live BBS in the Amp Only Forum. By the Shriners, by some of the, the Amplifier Shriners, they've taken special pictures just to be viewed by Free Talk Live amplifiers. Hmm. How cool is that? Well, it, it's going to be motivating. I didn't even know it was going on. All of a sudden, I see this new thread in there, and look at that. We've got a brand new amp perk. So if you want to see the amp-only shrine, you have to be an amplifier. Amp.freetalklive.com. All right. Uh, continuing with the phone calls, let's talk to Rick in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Rick? Hey, good evening. How y'all doing? Great. What's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to comment. Uh, you had a caller a minute ago called in about the uh, uh, the American Union. Yeah, a lot of people are concerned about that. Yeah, and I, and I, I don't want to tell you something. If you read the, the if you read the Constitution of the United States, it says we the people. This country cannot make us 
the American Union without the vote of the people, okay? And I've also heard the word revolution come up. The revolution is going to happen because we, the people, are not going to stand to have the sovereignty of the states diminished to for us to become the American Union. So let me ask you this, then. What are you going to do in the event that they do try to foist this North American Union on the continent? Uh, what are you going to do as far as your revolution is concerned? Well, if you read and go to stevecoil.com and listen to Steve Coyle, don't have you time for it. I want to know what you're going to do. That the, the American people are going to, uh, okay, and this is the reason why that there is such a push in this country to disarm this country. If you read about Stalin and Lenin, Stalin and Lenin said the only way to control your population is to disarm them. Now think about it. Well, if having control of the public schools probably doesn't hurt either. People are going to pick up arms. They're going to fight. They're going to fight for this country. This is our country. Good. I mean, I don't know if I want it to come to that, but if it comes to that, I'm glad that some people are willing to do it. I know that there are a lot of gun owners who uh, are willing to, uh, you know, certainly not turn over their firearms, uh, and I, I think that's a good thing. And unfortunately, the sad thing is, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but after Hurricane Katrina, they were confiscating firearms in uh, in that area of New Orleans, and there weren't that many people that refused to turn them over. There were a surprising number of people that were handing over their firearms to the police. So I, I hope that that number of people that's willing to fight back is larger than you think it is i'm a bit pessimistic about that myself well here 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 is something and the american people better wake up and understand something the government tries and and experiments with little things they've done it their whole they, they've done it throughout history and i want to tell you something fema and the uh uh, uh the department of Okay. Uh, Homeland, Homeland Security? Security is not your friend. No, the whole federal government isn't your friend, as a matter of fact. And thank they you for the call. We, we really appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231, Sickle CAI, toll free line. Yeah, I mean, look at what FEMA... Uh, FEMA was... Uh, they locked off the the Katrina-ravaged regions of Mississippi and, and New Orleans and, and Louisiana. They locked it off. They wouldn't allow anybody to come in. Walmart tried to come in with trucks loaded full of ice and water to give to people, just to give to people, um, because they wanted to help out. Other businesses, private organizations, charities tried to get in, tried to help out, tried to rescue people. And FEMA said, oh, 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 we've got this under control. Nope, don't need any assistance from you. Yep, you little people, you can just stay out of here. It's a federal government zone. We're in charge here. And so everybody, see here. everybody thought that, okay, well... Mommy government's going to come to the rescue. They're going to help those old people in that nursing home or whatever. Because there were a lot of people that were invalid. The Superdome. Right, they, the people in Superdome. They couldn't go anywhere, and uh, they died. They died, many of them from starvation and uh, dying of thirst because FEMA didn't make it in time or at all. And there were people that were stealing school buses in order so they could go and actually drive around and rescue people. I mean, people were, were breaking the law in order to go and do the rescuing that FEMA wasn't able to do because it had its paperwork to fill out. Right. And there's a... You know, there's an order of operations here. Right. Please, you, you can't expect the government to take care of you. They are not 
they just don't have those They're priorities. Not qualified. They, they don't have those incentives. They don't have those priorities. They don't really care. They pretend like they do, but they don't. So you need to take care of yourself, and we really need to throw this whole government, this federal government, off our backs, in my opinion. Uh, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with the idea of violent revolution, uh, but I certainly understand the idea of fighting back if they try to come and take your guns, because they've then pushed you into a corner. Yeah, what are you going to do? The, the whole point of the Second Amendment is Either to be able... Either fight or you're unarmed. Right. The whole point of the Second Amendment is to be able to defend yourself from a tyrannical government. Right, and a government that would violate its own constitution... I mean, that's it. This is the document on which the country is based. The laws in the country are based on the Constitution. A government that would violate that Constitution, the Second Amendment uh, um, thereof, by confiscating people's weapons, is no longer the government that is instituted by the Constitution. And well, I would argue that it's already violated the Constitution enough times to where you could point out that it's no longer that same government. Uh, of course, that would be the apex, if you will, the zenith. Of uh, of its yeah the second amendment is the most important of the amendments destruction so uh, if you want to call in chime in as to uh, how exactly you envision some sort of uh, North American revolution in the event of a North American Union you're certainly welcome God, to do I that not. I think the revolution's already started and it's a nonviolent one. And it's the one we're involved in. That's the one I prefer to be involved in. I don't want to get violent. I know, that doesn't that doesn't excite me. It doesn't turn me on. It does. It's not something I want to do. The nonviolent revolution it has uh, two prongs. I think. Prong number one is the Ron Paul campaign for president. If you are not aware of Ron Paul, if you haven't seen anything about Ron Paul, do yourself a favor and go and Google him right now. Ron Paul. Uh, he's he, a Republican candidate. He's a veteran. But he's not a Republican like the other Republicans. Right. He's a veteran. He wants to uh, get rid of the IRS, and he wants to get us out of this uh, pointless war over in Iraq. He's somebody or, who's it's actually... It's not even a war, really, this uh, pointless occupation in Iraq. They call him Dr. No in Congress because he votes no on everything that's unconstitutional, which is virtually everything that comes across his desk. So it's not like he's BSing you. He's really just an amazingly principled, liberty-oriented right. person. He's got, he's got ten terms in uh, Congress, so you know how he's going to vote. Right. He's so, proven it so far. He's, he's the, not one of these um, you know, career politicians that give a little here, take a little there, stuff a little in your pocket, do whatever right. the lobbyists say. He won't even take the congressional uh, pay plan. Like, he won't even take their medical care or any of that stuff. That's the kind of president principal. we need. Anyway, um, so he's one prong, because there's this huge, uh, huge movement that's growing underneath his campaign for presidency of people that are getting excited about liberty again, that are talking about freedom again. And that's part of this revolution. The other part, in the event that Ron Paul doesn't get the nomination and doesn't get elected to president, the other part's the Free State Project, which is chugging along even as the Ron Paul campaign goes on, and they're sort of feeding off of each other to an extent. But the Free State Project is a group of liberty-loving Americans who, and people from around the world that are all moving to New Hampshire in order to make a stand for liberty. It's yep. the second American Revolution, and it's happening right now under your very nose. It's just happening quietly. It's not something that is getting a lot of press for obvious reasons. The mainstream media doesn't have an interest in covering things like right, this. Right, they could care less about liberty. So uh, that's it's happening now, and it's happening nonviolently. And the Free Staters, the uh, Free State Project members, are moving up to New Hampshire, and they're doing things already. Things are are getting very exciting. There's political movements that are happening. There are networks being built, organizations being built from the ground up, very grassroots. At the same time, there's civil disobedience going on. Silly laws are being broken to point out how silly they are. There's all kinds of uh, things happening here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. So there's two examples of the revolution that is afoot right now in America. You're welcome to be a part of it. Again, Google Ron Paul. Go to freestateproject.org. 
Stick around because hour number two is coming up. 800-259-9231. California has banned smoking somewhere else. We'll explain and take your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free as we launch an hour number two of the program, the live Saturday edition. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are totally free, so you can enjoy enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. We roll right into the phone calls to start things out and talk to Lou in Florida, listening on WFTL. Hey, Lou. Uh, Yes, how are you doing? Great. Good Good to hear from you. What's Uh, on your mind? Yeah, I want to know. I want to visit a country which is run by libertarians. Can you tell me where I should go outside of America? A country that's not a utopian idea that's really working as it is today, libertarianism. Uh, there really isn't one. I mean, uh, the, I the, wish country there was. Was, the country was founded in the philosophies of libertarianism. Well, which, which country comes closest to your utopian ideal? Probably, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the fiscally freest. Uh, the most no, not, ec- not just fiscally, but, uh, you know, in all realms, the way you think, the free market type of thing in every idea. Probably America. It's... So you're saying you are in the freest country. I don't know. It's a th- it's a toss up because uh, there there are two different uh, studies that are done on a yearly basis. One is done by the Conservative Heritage Foundation. The other by an organization called I believe it's Free the World. Uh, so what, what country do they recommend I visit? Uh, believe it or not, Hong Kong, which technically isn't really a country, but it sort of is. But that's oh, you got you have to be. Come on now, that's a joke. They're talking only about economic liberty. That's correct. That's that is I'm true. I'm talking about social. And economic libertarianism. No. Right, and I don't know exactly how socially free um, Hong Kong is. I don't is. either. Uh, Ireland you know, does very well. Uh, Estonia does well. Um, because these... you know the old joke about libertarians here in America? The no, definition of a libertarian is, is a, a Republican, Republican that who smokes likes to pot. smoke dope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I am a Republican and I don't smoke pot. How's that? No, but seriously, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm being serious. I know that's I the want joke. to visit a country. I don't want to deal I with want to be, Seriously, I, I do too, Lou. Seriously, I, I have smoked a lot ideas. of marijuana, but I'm not a Republican. No, but I don't want to deal with utopian ideas. I want to go to a place where all these, you know, the libertarian ideal has been around for over 100 years. Yeah, unfortunately, oh, even which, longer. I mean, the ideas of liberty were so uh, if it's such embraced a great by our, idea. If it's such a great and wonderful idea and it brings such joy to people, shouldn't you think that one of the 194 countries on Earth should be run by libertarians? Yeah, here's why it's not happening, Lou, because there are people in positions of power that are threatened by these ideas, and they like their power, and they aren't going to give it up easily. So that's why liberty isn't anywhere in the world, because of sick, despotic rulers that want to run roughshod over the freedoms of the people so the in their countries. the most libertarian place on Earth is right here in America. It's, it's, I would say that that's, it's not too far from the it's, truth. Now, Lou, it's not really, but, that's not, but it is far from the truth, because it's not really that libertarian at all. It's I mean, the closest. Liberty means that you're free to go and run your life how you want to live it without, you know, so long as you don't harm so anybody else in the in process. Kansas. You've been living in Kansas your whole time. You're trying to run off and follow the Yellow Brick Road. Is, you know, right here is the best place. Uh, yeah, but that's, not, that's like saying that we've got the best cancer, Lou. I mean, come on. Th- no, this no, isn't no. the best place. I've listened to the show a few times, and I've read Von Mises. I've read uh, all these ideologues. 
and it sounds beautiful on paper. Mm-hmm. Just like our founding fathers said, yeah. right? No, but they were not libertarians to the extent that uh, Ian is. Uh, no, nobody's a libertarian to the extent, extent Ian no, is. No, Ian is a fanatic. I'm not a fanatic. I just, I'm He's a free, got some I'm different a, ideas. I'm a free marketeer, now, and uh, the marketplace... You, now, hold on, Mark. The marketplace does everything better than the government can. And if you look in different areas, you can find working examples of why that is true. For instance, where we came from down in Florida, the government decided who was going to pick up your trash for you. It was a government uh, monopoly company that they, uh, that they brought on to do that sort of business. Then we moved up here to New Hampshire. There was no sort of uh, government control over trash service. Then there... There's five, uh, six, just, seven different that's companies. Just because of density of population. So, sorry, I mean, what now? That that has to do with density of population. Do explain what you mean by that. Well, if you get into a small township up in New England, I mean, with a couple of hundred people living in one of these small towns, the way they handle the government is going to be much different than a big county in Florida. First of all, your point's irrelevant. Uh, the fact is the density here is, is relatively similar to where we came from. And secondly, it's just a matter of allowing the marketplace to work, Lou. Here in New Hampshire, where we live, they allow the marketplace to function yeah, when it comes to trash disposal. But, and there are a variety of choices as far as who you can get to pick up your trash, or you can do it yourself if you want so, to. But Mark, uh, let me ask Mark, please, Mark, you have to admit that your friend Ian is a bit of a fanatic, wouldn't I, you say? I think that his, uh, his ideas are uh, too fringe. He carries it to, to, uh, to the nth degree. Too, like too fringe to appeal to the main audience. Uh, What's wrong the, with the being fanatical audience? about liberty and freedom, sir? Is there something wrong with it's that? the mirror image of a person like Stalin. I mean, <laughs> he, he, Ian doesn't want to kill anybody. Image. Ian doesn't want to kill anybody. You're out of I have to mind. disagree with that. Uh, you're the mirror image. Stalin you're wanted mirror... to use force on people, and my whole point is that we shouldn't be doing uh, offering products and services at the point of a gun, which is what government does, Lou, and it no, needs to, to stop. To me, a person like Ian is the mirror image of the communist. I, I, well, he's, he's the opposite what? of a communist. Th- that's what I mean, the mirror image. Yeah, but, what is the mirror image? The opposite, the opposite extreme. I don't know but that I a mirror image is necessarily opposite. No, you're not giving me a fair shake here, Lou. I think that if communists want to do their little communist thing, they can do that. So I'm okay with communists having their own little communes to live on. I would never force a communist to uh, to accept my political philosophy. It's just that I have a problem when the communist tries to force me to accept theirs. You know, getting back to what I was saying yeah. in the opening you just second, move right on, there's <laughs> no country in the earth today that follows this kind of libertarian extremism. Well, Lou, um, now... Extremism. Uh, you know, re- Lou, republics, republics have traditionally lasted about, um, on average, 200 years. Do you think we shouldn't have republics then, like our United States of America? As a matter of fact, but I... A republic is not an, an extreme form of government. Neither, is, neither, is, a pub, uh, neither is a libertarian uh, government where there's an just... an example of a libertarian government that even lasted two years. Uh, I'd like to absolutely show you one. How about the United States? Two hundred is very good. Show me one that. How about the United States for the first hundred years before Abe Lincoln got in? You're saying that was a libertarian government? More so than it is today. More so. I mean, certainly not if you were black. With the slavery, that was a libertarian government? Look, I, you know, the Did times we say were was, different, Lou. Nobody said it was 100% libertarian, I don't libertarian, support that. Lou. It's bad, but, you know. We just said there was more freedom for some people than, than there is today. Now we're all on the plantation instead saying, of just Mark, black people. Mark, you sound like a rational person, but your friend Ian is a fanatic. And That's why I'm here, to is... keep him under control, Lou. <laughs> I think we need a, uh, we got a phone call for you, Lou. Let's uh, let's try Josh in Virginia. You're on with Lou. Hello, Josh. Josh, Virginia. Do we have Josh? Hey, guys. How are we doing? Hey, you're on with Lou. Did you want to talk to him? Well, I just wanted to respond to two things uh, he was saying about he give, give, he said give me an example of a libertarian country. 
Well, um, you guys have already covered the fact the United States um, was a libertarian country um, before, for the most part. I mean, you know, there were no there were no drug laws in this country until the 1920s. That's um, correct. Every single drug was legal, and um, the the government was extremely limited in what it could do. So, and and especially out west. And even today, we actually still have anarchist communities that actually work very, very well. It's called the Amish community. I'm originally from Pennsylvania, and uh, I've gone to these Amish communities. They work very well, and there is no force used on anyone. If someone breaks the law, if someone breaks the community standards, they're shunned. But that's the point I'm trying to make. You are in the freest country on earth right now. Okay, Lou. We know you that. made your that's point. What I'm I was asked We're not anti-American by any stretch, no, I Lou. Was asked we love this country. For example, there's 194 sovereign states on the planet today. Yeah, most of them okay? run by despotic criminals. Out of, the, out of those 194, you would think that such a wonderful idea like the computer would spread around the earth like wildfire. Now, libertarianism, if it's such a wonderful idea, why hasn't one... You've asked the question already, Lou, and you've already gotten an answer. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. The answer... Thanks for the call, Lou. The answer is very simple. It's because people in power don't want to let it go. Josh, did you have anything else to cover? Well, I just just find it amazing that uh, an American could call in and say, I've never seen anything about libertarianism. It's, It's just astounding how little people learn in government schools. Sure. The Declaration of Independence is the libertarian document. Right. You know, libertarians often call themselves Jeffersonians. You know, um, Washington has the famous quote that, uh, you know, that the government is like fire, a uh, fearful, let's see, a, a, a dangerous slave and a fearful master or something like that. By the way, I love the example of the Amish community. Brilliant, uh, brilliant point, Josh. Yeah. It, it, one more thing, if I may. Yeah. Um, you said a republic is not a radical idea. I don't know what planet he's living on. But in 8,000 years of human, recorded human history, there have been what? There have been, a handful. on one hand, a number of, of self-governed countries. It is an extreme idea, and that's why it doesn't last. Thank you for the it's call, Josh. We appreciate it, dude. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are for free. We've got archives and entire year's worth of the show front page of the site for your downloading convenience. So enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. One more quick thought before we get back into the phone calls. Uh, Lou had called in from uh, Florida. Just He was curious about... You know, why, if libertarianism, if liberty is such a good idea, why is it that some country hasn't given it a shot yet? Well, the reason is because people in power love power, and they love to wield it. They love to lord power over others. They love the benefits that they get from having power. They love being able to reward their friends and punish their enemies. And even though liberty would be better for everyone, including the wealthy and the poor and everybody... 
that doesn't matter to the people in power because they have power and they don't want to lose it. And having a state of liberty, having a free marketplace would mean they wouldn't have their precious power anymore. It would mean they'd have to go out and make a real uh, make a real life for themselves, make a real living, an honest living, instead of uh, sucking off of the productive those members in the productive world, the private sector, instead of sucking their wealth out of their pockets. So there's, there's just, it's, it's very, very difficult to make something like this happen. doesn't mean it's not worth pursuing. It absolutely is. This is definitely things that, that need to be talked about. Pro-freedom ideas, right. marketplace ideas need to be discussed. And just because something hasn't uh, worked, you know, libertarian has ha- libertarianism hasn't uh, happened anywhere on full scale yet doesn't mean that uh, it hasn't happened in small areas, uh, in small ways in, in separate different countries. I mean, economic liberty, you can see definitely in Hong Kong. You can see more uh, social liberties in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. You can see all, you know, there's all kinds of examples. Uh, we, we talked about Somalia and how they don't have a centralized government and how cell phone companies are just springing up all over the place there. There's They're, all kinds of economic development happening in Somalia. It's absolutely it's true. Not, it's not paradise. No. Okay, because no. these things take time. Liberty, liberty isn't, um, it isn't utopia, but it's the best thing out there because every time you employ government, um, and I'm not saying that government doesn't be, I don't think government's needed in some areas. Every time you employ government, you have unintended consequences. Absolutely you do. Let's continue with the phone calls, though, uh, and talk to Ken in Florida, listening on WFTL. Hello, Ken. Yeah, hi. Um, two things I wanted to discuss with you. Also, I'd like to, to say that I think it's really um, good that you allow people who disagree with you enough time to actually make their points on a lot of uh, radio programs that doesn't happen. Yeah, they spit something out, and then the uh, the host slams them and uh, hangs up the phone, and that's it. They usually yeah. hang up before they slam. That way the person can't say anything Can't at even all. rebut at all. Right. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're going to disagree, but I do appreciate Great. that uh, you'll actually let me make my point. All right, let us um, have it. Goodbye. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, the first thing is that um, the Constitution really wasn't a libertarian document. It gave the legislature power to make laws and, and regulations, the sort of things that you guys don't approve of. And, in fact, even said that the legislature should do things for the, the general welfare. So a lot of people sort of try to interpret the Constitution as supporting whatever they happen to think, like the ACLU does that. And sure. Actually, we are in agree- we actually are in agreement on this, at right. least you the, and I. The, article is, uh, the Articles of Confederation were a more libertarian document than the Constitution was, but um, right. know, there were some problems, and they decided to solve those problems with big government. Well, and they compromised with the Alexander Hamiltons and those, uh, those people, the big central government guys. Federalists? Uh, they have, there was confusion about that. Okay. Um, the other thing that I want to discuss with you is you started to bring up um, California's ban on smoking in cars with children. Oh, how do you and, know we were going to talk about that? Yes, uh, that's correct. Yeah, and this is something that really troubles me about libertarians. I have some agreement with libertarians on some things. But, Most people do. But um, on smoking, um, I just don't think libertarians are, are reasonable. Often they'll say false things about the science and accuse people who are real scientists of being junk scientists. And because they're against regulation, they they have a need to actually try to discredit the real science. You also see people who don't like Al Gore for political reasons try to discredit um, the global warming science, not based on them really um, having evaluated the science and, and concluded the science was wrong, 
but rather on, on political reasons. You know, and I so have to disagree because it, it seems to me that these, um, you know, the scientists that have been employed to uh, you know, study global warming are largely just socialists who want to see the UN in charge of things. No. No? No. Then uh, well, explain to me, please. Um, I don't know that you know everything about global warming. Explain to me the medieval warm period. Why okay. was it warmer in medieval times than it currently is today? And why would we imagine um, that the Earth is simply going to stop changing? And okay. why is it warmer on Mars today? Okay, I can tell you why Mars very well. And I am a physicist, by the way. This isn't my wow. field. It's great. This isn't my field in physics. You still probably know actually, a hell of a lot more now. It's actually pretty far removed from my field, but I can tell you the, the reason why there's warming on, on Mars. Um, what a lot of people who um, disagree with the standard scientific viewpoint say is that, well, it's gotten warmer on Mars besides warm on Earth, and there aren't any SUVs on Mars, and so you can't blame the warming on Earth on things like SUVs. Mm -hmm. And what they're trying to argue is that the sun's power output has increased and that that's causing the Earth to warm and Mars to warm. But what they neglect to tell you is that there are a lot of other um, bodies in the solar system and the majority of them have gotten cooler. So the, the idea that, that Mars warming with Earth is indication that the reason for Earth's warming is because the sun's power output has increased is wrong. And in fact, you can measure the power output of the sun. And during the time when the Earth was warming the most in the 1990s, um, the sun's power output was actually decreasing. The reason why Mars is warming is because um, the path that Mars takes around the sun or any other planet takes around the sun is not a perfect ellipse, and it's affected by stray gravitational fields from other planets. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, this is all very academic, very interesting and factual, um, but really, what's the relevance to our world today as far as government is concerned? Because it seems like the people that believe in global warming, uh, they want government to somehow solve the problem. Do as, you though, believe as though government's qualified. I right. mean, government is, uh, United States government is pushing us towards ethanol, which it, it's beginning to show right now is not the answer. It's not the end-all, be-all that uh, likely thermo, um, thermoelectric power is going to be be, uh, significantly I, don't, I don't really, I don't really have an opinion or, or knowledge on those things, but I find it objectionable that a lot of people, and they usually have a particular political viewpoint um, that's different than Al Gore's, will deny the, the science. And with smoking, uh, it seems to me that it's perfectly reasonable, even from a libertarian perspective, that you shouldn't allow parents to harm their children, and it, it really is clear. Well, you know, let me tell you something. Um, okay. uh, and on the issue of parents harming children, I feel very strongly about spanking. Um, I don't. I consider spanking abuse personally, and I consider it harming kids. Um, but a lot of people disagree with me, and uh, so I'd like to actually discuss this with you a little bit more. If you'd hang on, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Very intelligent, uh, thoughtful guy. We'll continue talking. I'm going to start him. screaming at him next. We'll also talk with uh, <laughs> Hank and Corey and David. And by the way, all guys on hold, ladies, when you call in. We move you to the front of the call queue, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Uh, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You 
can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The wiki's there. WYKI.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. Over 1,400 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website at wiki.freetalklive.com. And are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. D2Z.org. As we go back to Ken, listening on WFTL in Florida. Ken, uh, we've been talking about two different issues and I wanted to keep you on board because uh, we just just scratched the surface on one of them. Uh, you first talked about global warming, and you made some interesting points about physics and uh, the nature of uh, Mars's orbit and all that. And honestly, I don't know if global warming is true or not. Uh, you know, people say different things. I'm it not a scientist. It seems to be getting warmer. I'm not a scientist. I don't know. To me, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm going to bundle up if it gets colder. I'm going to turn on the air conditioning if it gets warmer. But, uh, but. As far as what matters is, is what the government does about it. And I think that people think the government can solve these problems, and it can't. Um, but moving on, because government just can't do anything, right? And, Mark, you touched on unintended consequences. And there, every time government tries to do something, it usually ends up either failing completely or uh, having something, something go drastically wrong. So in some cases, it can do things if they throw enough money at a problem, like build a road. But even then, they've spent way, too, uh, way more money than they actually had to do. So then we, and then we moved into to uh, the area of smoking bans, and California just banned smoking in cars with kids. And you point out that from a libertarian perspective, this should be something that should be done, because, well, smoke is dangerous, in your opinion, and in the imp- opinion of some people. Uh, so, so smoke is dangerous, so therefore you're violating your children by um, putting them in a closed, enclosed space to where they can inhale that smoke. That would, be a, uh, that would be like using force on your kids. And I understand where you're coming from on that, um, but I want to point out that I am very, very – and are you still there, by the way? I'm, yes, I'm, okay. I'm there. I'm I, w- I want to point out that uh, I feel very strongly about spanking. And Mark, and I, you and Mark, you and I disagree on this issue. You think spanking kids is okay. Uh, I think it's uh, one of the tools that a parent should have. I personally find it uh, despicable, and I find it violent, and I think, that, uh, it's, par- I think it's parents abusing their kids. Uh, but, but the thing about me is as a libertarian, as a liberty-minded individual – I understand that parents can do some things I disagree with, whether it be smoking in the car with their kids, whether it be spanking their kids, whether it be feeding them some sort of food uh, foodstuffs that I might not necessarily agree with. I understand that. It's their, uh, it, they're their kids. It's their life. If I don't agree with what they're doing... I would like to find voluntary solutions to solve that problem, not throwing people in jail cells, not fines, not government force, government violence. So if there's parents that are doing something with their kids that I don't like, I'm going to let them know that I don't like it and perhaps not associate with them, perhaps not sell things to them at my store, perhaps encourage my friends to not associate with them. Use the power of social ostracism, as our caller earlier who mentioned the Amish, uh, pointing out that they shun people that don't, uh, that don't do things the way... Uh, that the Amish accept things. So do you see where I'm coming from on this? If parents well, are doing something you don't like, try to be a little more creative than a jail cell. Well, okay. You see, with spanking, I can see two sides to that. On, on one hand, you're causing harm to a child. You're bruising him when you're spanking him. But on the other hand, maybe the spanking is going to teach him something that will be useful for him. And so I think people can debate that. But there's no positive aspect to, to poisoning your children to make them grieve really serious, harmful stuff from, 
from cigarettes. Well, again, I, the science to, disagrees. I mean, right. The, the EPA study that was done in 1983, um, the, the EPA study was done, has been debunked. Uh, no, but, it hasn't. It right. hasn't. I, I understand that, uh, you know, likely you're going to disagree with that. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm telling the truth. I'm not... But here's... From... I, I'd like to use reason in solving my problems, and... Um, it doesn't make any sense to me that a person can smoke for um, till they're 70 and then finally get lung cancer. But, you know, diluted smoke in the air in a home or in a car or something like that is supposed to somehow irreparably damage well, the I, lungs of young I, people. I, I'd like to explain that to you. Okay. I'm, I'm listening. Um, You're the physicist. But. Okay. Um, you can, you know, it's like there are people who have driven drunk, you know, for many years and they're 70 years old and they've never gotten into a crash, but mm-hmm. there, there are some who have. And you can quantitatively determine how harmful secondhand smoke is, that you know what fraction of it non-smokers get. Like uh, a non-smoker that's somewhat heavily exposed gets 1% of what a smoker gets. Okay. And with lung cancer, the, the effect is linear. And so if you get 1% of the smoke, you have 1% of the risk. And if you do that, you get a particular number for how many non-smokers get lung cancer from secondhand smoke, and that's the theoretical calculation. And when you look at what happens empirically, it works out really well. That you, you, know, you can look at non-smokers who breathe secondhand smoke, compare them to non-smokers who don't breathe secondhand smoke, do it quantitatively, and get a perfect match. When it comes to heart disease, what happens is you get an even stronger effect empirically because low levels of secondhand smoke have a much stronger effect than what you would think from just linear extrapolation. And you can do experiments. You can put people in rooms that have low amounts of secondhand smoke, and you can measure um, changes in blood chemistry. There's a particular compound called prostacyclin. All right, all right. It's enough, it's enough physics, enough facts. I mean, I, but, I, I'm going to take your word for it, okay. but again, we've seen... Other scientists say that the EPA study was total bunk, no, and I believe to... it because it's the government. The government is politically no. motivated instead of scientifically motivated. So, again, we can disagree all we want on but, the science, but let's take what you're saying as fact, okay? Let's say that secondhand smoke is immensely dangerous, and it's going to put people's lives in jeopardy, okay? So we'll accept that as fact. Why do you want to throw people in jail, man? Okay. Um, actually, I sort of have a, a different, different view. I think that we can disagree on policy but we really can't disagree on the science. And they're, they're really... Fine. Serious. So why do you want to throw people in jail? Um, I didn't say that I do. What's the solution I'm, then for, for uh, parents and kids in cars? Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm going to answer you. I, di- I didn't say that I did, and I think most people who want children protected from secondhand smoke don't want parents put in jail. But I'm, oh, I think I'm you're a, wrong about that. Well, I'm, I'm a pretty hard liner, though, and I actually would go with putting parents in jail. You would. But I... But I think that few people are as hardline as, as I am. Do you think because, that would make the kids' life better if they had to go and live in a foster home? Well, I think that maybe you can give the parents a second chance and, you know, make it so that the parent is, is told how serious it is and told that they can't do it again. And then if they do it again, then I think that they really are a bad parent. You know, I, 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 I want to... The and so parents, bad can, parents, we can, can have what jails. What happens if they're a bad parent that uh, overfeeds their child? Um, you know, there's a lot. We have a huge, there's a lot of scientific huge problem with uh, uh, childhood obesity right now. Do you think that that that, that should follow? That uh, parents should be able to, you know, be put. They they should put parents in jail that uh, allow well, their kids to get fat. It, it's it's harder for parents to be to be accurate on that because you have to give your children some amount of food, and you know you don't. You, it's 
you know, it's like, you know, if a parent give their, if you can make the same argument with a, about a parent who's given their, their children heroin, if a parent buys heroin for the child. Well, that's pretty unrealistic. Say, well, overfeeding them is, is harmful, but I, but I think that that's... Do you, do you deny the scientific evidence that shows that overeating uh, could be dangerous to someone's health? No, I, I don't deny that at all. So but you're I, not too concerned, though, about parents taking their kids to too many fast food restaurants? Well, if you, if you really want to ask me on a personal level, then the personal level, to be honest with you, is that I'm a little bit selfish in that the, the whole thing with people overeating or having other people overeating, you know, I'm just telling you my personal side, doesn't bother me because it's never mm. going to affect me. Here's your problem, okay? okay? Here's the problem with your viewpoint. And, you know, the science is, all the science aside... You want to use government force to change how people behave with their yes. kids, whether it be yes. with smoking. Uh, you, you're really a, you really care about the smoking issue. But the fact is, if you get your way and you can control how parents behave when it comes to smoking, someone else is going to come along and say, well... We are controlling how parents behave when it comes to smoking, but this food issue, this Trans is serious. Are dangerous. Right. We need, to, we need to make sure that parents aren't mis misfeeding their children and putting their children's health at risk. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, we've got government inspectors coming by to check and see on our refrigerators to see if we've got too much junk food in the house. Thank you for the call. It's been an interesting conversation. Okay, but this is, this is a slippery, slippery slope. It's dangerous. Are you, I mean, are you serious? You want to lock parents in jail cells because they smoked in the car with their kids? I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like a, a place that I want to live. I may or may not agree with the parents' decision, but they should be free to make that choice, and I should be free to ostracize them. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line, that's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us if you like the show. And you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and buy some Free Talk Live merchandise, like Free Talk Live hats and T-shirts and hoodies. Uh, and more, all at store.freetalklive.com. we got DVD Classic Archive Collector's Set, the Lighter Bottle Opener Combo, Flags, a whole bunch of stuff. Store.freetalklive.com. So we just got off the phone with a, a very thoughtful yeah, uh, gentleman. Yeah, smart guy, Ken. Uh, from Florida, who unfortunately has accepted the principle that government can, can uh, mold and shape people's lives. That government is a tool uh, to be utilized for the good of mankind, for the good of society. And I think that is unfortunate. Uh, and and it's, it's no surprise that he thinks that way. That's the way government schools teach us to think. Right, and that's, that's the way the, it works right now. That's what the government wants you to... Well, it's not the way it works. It's what government purports to do. I mean, government wants to make society better by banning drugs, and you see how well that worked out. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what government think, wants you to think. Government wants you to think that government is this wonderful, beneficial tool that if you can get in control of, you can mold society to do what you want it to. Unfortunately, there are so many un unintended consequences here. Uh, the you know the idea that uh, government in, in the case of California is going to uh, ban smoking they just just this just passed recently uh, Governor Schwarzenegger has passed this into law that you can no longer smoke in a car with someone who is under the age of eighteen and it's, I don't think that this is the worst thing to happen to America ever this whole uh, the, this banning uh, smoking in cars I don't think that's the worst thing but I do think that uh, society's been moving this direction already this is really just government getting ahead of the parade. 
I am a I'm a cigar smoker. Mm-hmm. I smoke cigars. Now I don't smoke indoors. Or I don't smoke in the house. Uh, currently, I, I, I smoke in the basement um, because, well, I live in New Hampshire now. I used to live in Florida. And uh, it, it gets really, really freezing something cold here in New Hampshire. Yeah. Sitting outside for a half an hour will kill you. But, um, you know, the, the that would have been pretty much unheard of 30 years ago. Somebody smoking outside, what kind of sense does that make? Uh, does your wife have health problems? No, but now many, most, many smokers just smoke outside, even in their own homes. I smoked outside when I owned my own home and lived there by myself. It makes sense, because if you're trying to sell that house, it's, uh, you're going to get more for it if it's not right. cigarette or so, smoky. So society's moving in this direction. Um, I grew up you know, li- sitting in the car. I didn't like it. I spoke out to my dad. I don't like, um, like it when you smoke in the car. Uh, you and your, your wife smoke in the car. I don't like it. So I think that over time, you know, practices, things change. And I don't think we need a law in that particular area. How would, have life, uh, how would life have been had dad been thrown in jail? <laughs> life would have sucked. It would have really stuck. You mean, I mean you don't think the foster parents would have been better parents? Than, no, uh, I mean you know what happens in the foster um, care. It's some terrible things happen to kids in foster care. Right. Something far worse than them getting a little bit of smoke in their lungs. Right. See, pe- see, people, uh, people well, seem to hold believe. On. It, I wanted to make another point. Is yeah. um, Ken, as a scientist, uh, he's he supported the science behind global warming that says that it's uh, man-made, and he supported the science behind the EPA study that says that uh, secondhand smoke harms kids, and he made some really great cases for them, and it makes me wonder but there's scientists i mean with the internet now anybody can go out and read what people have to say and there's scientists out there that say the opposite of what he says sure so what am i supposed to believe i don't know i do know that when you put the government in charge of solving these little problems they're going to pick a side they're going to pick a side and that side is going to is is going to restrict your freedom every single time because that's what governments do and that restriction of freedom is going to have consequences that are going to be really terrible right force has unintended consequences every single time restricting freedom doesn't make society better it just makes society less free it doesn't stop people from being bad people it just makes them a little more cautious and a little more careful about it it doesn't stop people from doing the things you don't want them to do. Uh, The war on drugs hasn't stopped drug use at all. In fact, one could argue it has made drug use even more popular than it ever was in the past. Uh, And it has made drugs even more dangerous than it ever has been in the past. And so, you know, if you start putting parents in jail or you use this little second chance system that Ken came up with, well, you get one one chance, one warning, and then we're going to put you in a jail cell. And they won't put people in jail cells right away. What they'll do is they'll fine them. And then if they don't pay the fines, then they're going to jail. Uh, but that's not going to make people's lives better. If you're impoverishing the people that are, are smoking cigarettes in their cars, that's not going to help them uh, improve their quality of life. It's not going to help them pay the bills. It's not going to help them put food on the table. And it's not going to necessarily stop their addiction to smoking. They're just going to be more cautious about it. Same thing with cell phone bans in cars. People are just going to be more cautious about using the cell phone uh, visibly. They're not going to stop using them simply because the government says you shouldn't do that. We need to stop turning to government to solve problems. It just is not effective at it. Using force and threats on our neighbors is not, an, is not a very neighborly thing to do. If we want people to change their behavior, we should we should uh, use persuasion, okay? We should talk to them. We should persuade. We should give them reasons. We should give them science. We should give them rationale. We should give them something to think about. And if they don't want to change their behavior, then we should ostracize. Ostracization can be so effective and 
people will change their behavior in that particular case. And if they don't, oh well. If it really bugs you that much that your next door neighbor is beating his kids or is smoking in the car with their uh, with their kids, then why don't you take the matter into your own hands and go go abduct their children from their home? I don't know if I recommend if, that. If you but think I can it's you... a bit that, but that's what they want. Okay, but I understand that's what you're not recommending, Mark. But that's what people like Ken are asking the government to do for them. And the government's not going to do any better job than you are, I can tell you that much. Right. Well, I mean, you'll probably actually take care of the kids, unlike the government. They're just going to put them in a foster home or in yeah, the orphanage a lot of or people in, A lot of people in the foster system care deeply about children. But and a lot of people molest the kids and lock them in closets. And, uh, too uh, many. Yeah. And so, again, when you're asking the government to do these things, you're asking them to commit violence on your neighbors. So why don't you try to commit the violence yourself and see how it feels? Let's go to the phones, do the fun. Talk to Susan in New Hampshire. Susan, you're on Free Talk Live. All I'm saying is come up with some voluntary solutions. Be a little more creative than government force. Susan. Hello? You're not Susan. Is this Susan? <laughs> Funny sounding Hi, Susan. Um, can you piss my ass Thanks off? for the call. 800-259-9231. a pretty good job sounding like a woman, huh? Must have. Uh, we're going to have to start uh, screening all female callers as well, I guess. Uh, so take a, take note of that, Board Op, and we'll continue with the calls here and go to Hank in Fort Lauderdale listening to WFTL. Hank, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, hi, gentlemen. Uh, Ken does have a right to uh, tell people not to smoke as long as he's willing to go to work for them every day and to pay their taxes. If not, then that's tyranny. I um, Also, the, I have the answer to why there's not more libertarian societies. Hmm. It's because uh, people allow the government to disarm them. My understanding of how the Second Amendment came into effect was the Founding Fathers observed that throughout history, societies in which uh, weapons were widely distributed among males of military age tended to be free mm-hmm. in societies in which uh, weaponry was monopolized by the ruling aristocracies tended to be oppressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, they hated standing armies. They saw standing armies as a huge drain on an economy, which mm-hmm. back before the government could just print money willy-nilly, um, you know, just for fun and uh, to, to finance its wars. You know, that was, it's true. I mean, armies are a huge drain. I mean, look how much this uh, foray into Iraq has uh, cost us. And uh, there have been libertarian societies. Uh, the Boers in Africa, South Africa had no government. The uh, Quakers in colonial America had no government. In fact, when William Penn got a charter from the English government to come over and start taxing the Quakers and claiming Pennsylvania as, as his own, uh, one of his uh, agents came over and was asking the Quakers, where is the government agent that I can deliver the papers to? And they told him, we have none. <laughs> yep, and, and uh, also ancient Iceland had a, a very uh, libertarian, liberty-oriented system as well. So there are some examples in the past, and again, there are still some, some examples today of how the marketplace is far more effective at doing anything than government, well, except maybe blowing people up and causing all kinds of destruction. Well, you know, the cardinal error that the uh, Founding Fathers committed, and this uh, was the major mistake of classical liberalism, was they assumed that government could be kept small and limited. You're right. Uh, You cannot keep government small and limited. Once the uh, principle of government, uh, that is judicial monopoly and the power to tax, is admitted, and in fact if we admit that it's even just, any notion of restraining government power is uh, just an illusion. Thank so, you. Hank, Hank, are you are you a anarcho-capitalist then? Uh, no, I've been a libertarian since I was 20 years so old. So do you believe in no government, whatever? 
Yeah, I believe in uh, Murray Rothbard. He said the collect, uh, correct tax uh, rate is uh, zero. He I am with that. you, Hank. I am so glad uh, <laughs> you and I like-minded. I like to call myself a free marketeer libertarian, however, because there's different libertarians. Like Mark here calls himself a libertarian, but he believes in a minimalist government. And I used to feel that way. I used to believe in the Constitution and small government. But then I, uh, I came to understand what you do, and that is that the Constitution, while it was a nice idea, it just didn't work. Uh, you can't limit government. And all government ever does is grows and gets more oppressive and more intrusive and more expensive. And thank you for the call. We appreciate thank it. You, sir. Hour three is on the way. You take control of the airwaves. The marketplace is the answer. Freedom and liberty, that's the solution. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we are launching in hour number three of the Saturday show. It's a live Saturday program, as a matter of fact, which means you can call in and take control of the airwaves, as always, at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features on the site are for free, so do enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Shows about your calls. We go right into the phones. Talk to David in California. David, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yeah, honey, Mark, uh, Ian. Hey, what's uh, on your mind? Having a good evening? Yes, sir. What's up? Well, I uh, I called uh, wanting to talk about the Lockerbie bombing. I don't know if you had kept up uh, with some of the recent updates uh just in the last couple of weeks, uh, there's been a, uh, a new revelation that uh, shows that uh, the evidence that was uh, put together uh, to put the uh, uh, Libyan in, or the Lib- a pair of Libyans in prison, uh, apparently uh, it was manufactured by whole. Uh, there was an admission by the uh, guy that did it. Uh, what, I'm sorry, just to, um, maybe I'm just forgetting history, but what is the Lockerbie bombing for those that aren't aware? Well, this happened back in the early Oliver North days. Uh, Oliver North, of course, uh, started with Ronald Reagan back in uh, 1980. Uh-huh. But he, um, in 1986, when the Iran-Contra uh, scandal started to uh, emerge, uh, there, were, there were a whole lot of witnesses to Oliver North's uh, dirty deeds. And um, these witnesses were... You know, some, many of them were in, in the government in various positions. And uh, in the Lockerbie bombing, uh, there was a plane load of, of uh, I believe they were DE, uh, although I may be wrong, they may be a combination of uh, CIA and DEA agents, but they were flying back uh, to uh, the United States, and it was said that they were bringing evidence against Oliver North. Well, this plane mysteriously blew up hmm. uh, over Lockerbie, Scotland, and killed everybody. And uh, the uh, Reagan administration uh, did their best to uh, blame it on uh, terrorists, unknown terrorists. And okay. so they, they were doing similar to today, you know, bl- uh, uh, taking wild pot shots in every direction and uh, not hitting anything but uh, essentially spending money with abandon. So now and, you're uh, saying that today they found out what exactly about this? Well, uh there was a confession by one of the um, one of the the lead witness. It's it's interesting when Lockerbie when the plane blew up, uh, there were scattered pieces everywhere, and uh, apparently, according to the government's uh, uh, witnesses, 
25 miles away from the uh, exploded uh, plane, they found a piece of cloth that was made of a shirt that was bought in Greece. And in this uh, burnt piece of cloth, they found a four millimeter f uh, sized fragment. Uh, and four millimeter, that's pretty small, right? Let's, I think it's less than an eighth of an inch. Okay. And so they found this four millimeter uh, sized fragment of a computer chip, and they claimed that that was the detonator. And based upon that four millimeter sized chip, uh, they uh, essentially prosecuted these Libyans. And um, it's hmm. And it, it was based upon the idea that one of the Libyans had access to this factory in Switzerland that made chips. Well, gotcha. uh, yeah. And so it, you can actually find some of these articles online uh, if you look up Lockerbie, and I think the news articles came. Seems like water under the bridge, though. I mean, what's the relevance besides well, the fact that the government's case, evil? There's there's billions of dollars of world trade that got screwed up because of the uh, this bombing. Uh, See, first of all, uh, the, the, the congressional inquiry into Oliver North found that he had stolen somewhere between 52 and 82 billion dollars worth of stuff. Okay, governments it's, are corrupt, right? We understand. Well, it's not just that. I mean, if if you or I went down to the federal, you know, uh, to the post office, or we went to the federal building and started stealing typewriters and selling them, you know, that'd be a federal crime. Sure. Well, if in his case he was getting authorization from somewhere in the basement of the White House uh, to to take U.S. property and start selling it. And Ronald Reagan claimed that he didn't know. George Bush claimed he didn't know. Oliver sure. North claimed he was getting secret information. And when he was prosecuted, he was given a pardon. So hmm. we've nice. never really discovered where see, they can find $52, bil or, yeah, $52 billion worth of stuff missing. But apparently, looking at the bank accounts and the money laundering that they did, they can find $83 billion worth of cash so, uh, or transactions. So there's a huge amount of money these guys ripped off. You know, $83 billion worth of stuff. It's gone, time, though, right? I mean, it's, you're not going to get it back, and it's not like the taxpayers are going to get a cut of this. So, well, I mean, I, I see I, where you're, I know, see. I mean, I, I find the story intriguing, just as any, uh, you know, conspiracy theory or any uh, interesting historical story is intriguing. But are you really trying to make any other point beyond the fact that governments are corrupt and evil? Well, uh, united you stand, divided you fall. I, I want my $83 billion back. No, you're not going to get it, my friend. It's probably sitting in a Swiss bank account somewhere. Oh, no, far from it. I mean, you can, you can, uh, you can trace this stuff down. I mean, this is why uh, George Bush has – see, I'm, I'm contending that George Bush is not uh, going after these wars uh, to uh, – not just for spoils and loot, but he's also going out of his way to kill witnesses. In other words, uh, there are lots of crimes that have happened in the in Daddy Bush's regime, in Reagan's regime, in Clinton's regime, for that matter. And there are plenty of witnesses. And when these witnesses are flying to the United States, and somebody blows up a plane and kills a whole bunch of DEA agents that are showing that Oliver North was dealing in opium, and Oliver North was dealing in cocaine, and Oliver North was it's hard for me to feel bad about DEA agents getting killed personally, but hey, you know I understand. I mean, what, really, what do you want to come out of all this? You really think the government's going to go after its own, I mean, the, the stolen money? You really think that's, that's a possibility? 
Well, you know, I mean, you're you're sounding skeptical, and I'd hate to say that you're soft on crime. No, I'm not but... saying I'm skeptical here. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, despite all the evidence, the government very rarely prosecutes itself. So, I mean, your evidence is interesting. But... Well, I mean, murder, there's no statute of limitations on murder, right? Right. And so uh, if somebody was involved in not only blowing up 20 DEA agents, but blowing up some 200 passengers on a, a flight out of, uh, out of London, you know, killing hundreds of passengers, and it Certainly turns awful. out that they pinned it on the innocent people, um, and so that means that the guilty are walking free. Certainly justice guilty, should be done. I mean, I agree with you. Justice should be done, but I just don't trust the government to do it. I mean, look at what they've well, done so far. I agree far. with that. I mean, because the the figureheads in the government to this day are still in there. So what are you so going to do? I mean, do you think you think Hillary Clinton's going to make a difference? She's a, she's in the same club as these other guys. I mean, they're all buddy well, I don't want to get sidetracked with Hillary talk because <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. Let me let me uh, I'll kind of wrap this up by going into what you were discussing with uh, libertarianism and okay. and the economy because I, you know, I, I was brought, and my, actually a great, great, great grandfather of mine signed the Declaration of Independence. So I have a particular loyalty to this country. That's nice. And as far as I'm concerned, the money of this country is reflected by, is a, is a, a, a patriotic, uh, uh, we we have a certain patriotism to the money of this country. At various times, there have been con artists, you know, like the Federal Reserve or the Bank of the United States, mm -hmm. or uh, you know, Andrew Jackson was fighting it, and, and Abraham Lincoln was fighting these con artists who manage the money. And at various times, it's a patriotic thing to drop the type of money that we're using and go on to a different type, so that we can shake off the devils who have taken control of the the money. So in in when when you're talking about libertarianism in the idea of whether it's beating children or polluters or uh rapacious uh real estate people or whatever there are various times when con artists have taken control of of either a state economy or a county's economy or a federal economy right they, I think they're they all con they've had control out. of ours since 1913 I would have totally agree yeah, well, that's the whole point. So in certain ways, the talk of libertarianism, uh, you know, shaking out the money, there's certain talk of it that reflects a reality. But if if it's not managed wisely, we're just going to get into an even deeper uh, right. I think, the I think the libertarian or liberty-oriented position on money is to get the government the hell out of it. And thank you for the call. We appreciate it. I don't want the government to manage money correctly. I want it to leave it the hell alone. Leave it to the marketplace to decide. Leave it to uh, competition. Let's have competition in the world of money instead of this government fiat currency that we have where they can literally flip on a printing press and print out as much of it as they want. If you and I do it, that's called counterfeiting. But when the government does it, it's okay. It's More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are for free. Live streams are on the site. We've got a dial-up version of the program and a live a uh, broadband version as well. Uh, by the way, coming up uh, later tonight on our live streams and only on the live streams at 11 o'clock Eastern time, so an hour after our Saturday show is done, uh, girl, my girlfriend Julia and I will be filling in for a different radio show called The Worsley Show, and uh, we'll be doing a
two-hour uh, broadcast. So you'll get like sort of like it's like an extra two hours of free talk live, but not on any radio stations. It uh, ain't free talk live without Mark. Just be clear. <laughs> We'll see about that. Anyway, uh, you can uh, you can tune in there uh, later tonight at the live stream at freetalklive.com. And your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest. As we continue with the phone calls, let's talk to Corey in Minnesota. Corey, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? I just wanted to talk about uh, Ken and Lou, who called in earlier. Uh, If I can cover both of them, I don't know if I can. Sure, uh, start with your favorite. uh, Well, Ken, he talked about global warming and smoking, and I think you got to remember that it's the government that doesn't allow allow wind power, uh, nuclear power, uh, electric cars, for example, um, you know, they subsidize oil companies, energy companies that slow down innovation. They don't open up the free market. We don't live in a free market right now. I mean, that's, that's correct. One, one big thing. And the other thing is that, you know, even Al Gore in his movie, An Inconvenient Truth, at the very end where they were rolling the credits, he had 15 or so recommendations on what you can do for the environment, and about a dozen of those were free market solutions. And I think that, that I think that's one thing that we don't think about is that, Things that we do as individuals are free markets rather than going through the government to always get what you think that you can get. But, again, you don't control the government. You're, you're not the one that's elected and the one lobbying on Capitol Hill and crafting the fine details. Right, I mean, nor are you the bureaucrat running the program that uh, finally gets passed. Right, and then even when the bureaucrats get the bills, they don't even read them. Uh, you know, So that's another problem on top of it. So how can we even trust these officials or you know, to uh, to have the right bills going into law when they don't even read them. So Yeah, it's um, foolish to think the government is uh, going to be able to save the environment. In fact, I like your point that it's the government and all of its rules and restrictions that actually prevent the marketplace from operating in the best manner to fix the environment. The marketplace uh, and its, uh, its people in search of profit and competitive uh, enterprises and charities, these are the people that can make a difference, not uh, government bureaucrats who have no incentive. Right, and the other point too, I think he was trying to make, was that he had personal views and political views. I think that's how you should separate things. You should say, yeah, I think cigarettes are bad. I don't want to work in a restaurant maybe where there's cigarettes. I'd rather work at Subway or something where they promote healthy eating and a healthy uh, place to 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 eat. Mm-hmm. You know, but politically, you don't want to make these decisions because people who are there, they're going to make these decisions maybe in how you didn't, uh, you know the way that you envisioned it to be, or maybe they, they did it too, went too far, or they're not enough, or whatever. Right, which is what I'm saying with this, the, uh, the slippery slope, where if you want to ban smoking in cars because you want to protect children, then all of a sudden you're going to have to be able to control what parents are buying to feed the kids as well. I mean, it's a very dangerous uh, precedent to set. Yeah, and just think about this for a second. What's really worse, a cigarette or separating the pa- the parent from the child where the child may not have... Um, maybe going to the the other um, parent who may not be able to afford school supplies or the basics or shelter, food, health care, whatever it may be, and and then also just the the devastating emotional effects that may have. Um, Or they're going to, you know, foster care where they don't know who who they are. They're away from their friends, maybe going to a different school. Who knows? I mean, there are millions and millions of kids that have been exposed to smoke, and they don't have cancer. I mean, the most at risk are those that are choosing to, to be there, which are the 
maybe the waiter or the waitress, but then again, it all comes down to the science. Who had the science? What do you believe? What are your choices? So I, I think it's it's really when when you have a free market, you can choose a lot more about your health than you can uh, otherwise. Absolutely, um, Corey. Any other thoughts? Well, I wanted to talk about Lou. He said that you know why do most societies not have libertarian government? And there's I'll just say real quick. Governments naturally attract people who want power. Absolutely. There's, there, there's more when, when there's more power, it attracts them even more, and it's like a snowball. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and quicker. Sure, because the once thing, they get in, they get a taste. Even if you aren't attracted to power and you're just uh, looking to make a difference or give serve the public, uh, the fact is it uh, power corrupts as well. And so once they get a taste the, of that power, they right. want more, and they you know they want to decide how to run people's lives and that sort of thing. It's that's, a sickness. That, that's the thing is that the second point is corporations or businesses might have influence in, in, or they do have influence in government by creating licenses or, you know, thing, um, they do these things because they benefit directly, whereas individuals don't benefit directly. We're working our jobs. We're not there on Capitol Hill benefiting. We're, we, we might send a letter to our congressman, but we're not there. They don't care about us. They care about who's going to give them the, the, the PAC money. You know, all, sure. tons of businesses have PAC money. And they, uh, the, other, the other three points, real quick, there's a two-party two system right now, and they, they have so many roadblocks, ballot access laws, um, rebates for major major parties, the quote unquote major parties. Politicians get franking privileges so that they can mail to their entire district. So that the you know maybe if you um, want to run against an incumbent, you can't right. you can't beat them. That it's 95% re-election rates. And the fourth point, people are libertarians. Lots of people that are Democrats are libertarians, and Republicans are de- are libertarians. But they vote the lesser of two evils because they feel like they don't have a choice. I, I know it, and I can see it because you can see a guy like Ron Paul. You know, he's getting more support, and, and because he's trying to run with the the two parties. Um, and then the fifth, final point is that most libertarians want to be left alone and don't want to get involved in government. They want to create the businesses, they want to invent things, be productive. And and now the liberty movement is growing, I think, because they can see what the government is taking away. They're taking away freedoms, higher taxes, more agencies, more regulations, and so on. So. I, you know, you got to look at where the country had started from. People loved liberty. They came here. Hundreds of millions of people came over here and made this the greatest country. And they changed their lives with their feet rather than voting for the best dictator. Yep. So, I don't know. I, and that, that's, that's happening again. And it's happening all over again now with the Free State Project, where people that still love liberty are moving. Uh, they're, they are voting with their feet, and they're moving to New Hampshire as part of the free, uh, the free State Project in order to make another stand for liberty and hopefully achieve liberty in our lifetimes again. Right. And anybody, anybody who loves liberty has to do something, whether it's move to the Free State, help Ron Paul, help someone in, in your local local city government that you know is for liberty, write, write people, write media, do whatever you can to help out, because that things are changing right now, and it, it's slow, but it's happening. Yep, you're right. They have to do something because if you don't do something, you can guarantee that the people in search of power and the people who are in power, they are doing something. They're busily coming up with new ways to control your life, and if you just sit back and let them get away with it, government will continue to grow and right. continue yep. to get more intrusive and more oppressive. Thanks, Corey. We appreciate the call. He's dead on accurate with all those points. True. Uh, you know what? It, my girlfriend Julia is running for office, uh, city council here in Keene, New Hampshire, and she doesn't want to. She really doesn't want to. She doesn't want to go to those meetings. 
Oh, who yeah, would want to spend, spend their time in those boring meetings? But the awful. fact is, if she doesn't go, somebody else is, and they're going to encroach on everyone's life a little bit more. Because somebody's yep. always got a great idea in government. Yeah. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. See in here with you. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231, the live Saturday show. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where you can get signed up for updates, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Updates.freetalklive.com to get you on that list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Continuing with your phone calls, let's talk to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yeah, hi, hon. Hi. I have had a very good conversation today with uh, Dr. Martini. She has been on the Power Hour. Uh, about she's trying to stop the aspartame porting. She's been all over the world. And oh, not they got, this she again. She got written mm-hmm. to ban it. And, uh, but anyway, um, she said there is talk of them adding the aspartame poisoning to our sugar. So Paula, they can why start- can't I, I mean, why won't you allow me to be free to where I can take aspartame and inject it into my veins if I want to? Why do you always have to be restricting people's freedom, Paula? I mean, you want to ban aspartame? You mean you, you think ban- murdering people is freedom? Murdering people? Are yes, you telling me that Coca-Cola is murdering my bro- people? My brother-in-law just died Friday morning of it. He had brain tumors all in his brain mm. and all in, in his kidney and his lungs. Now, what I was mean, he eating that had aspartame in it? What was he eating? Huh? What was he eating that had uh, this aspartame in it? Uh, it's the aspartame is in nine thousand different products we're eating. Mm-hmm. It's mostly diet products, though. Um, no, huh? usually you. It's, no, uh, artificial flavoring. It's in nat. It's in nine thousand different products. I thought aspartame was a substitute for sugar, Paula. It, they they put it in everything. There's and really, 9,000 products, that's products not even a lot. I mean, that's not even an aisle in the grocery store. Nine thousand products. Are you sure you've got your numbers right? All right, get on WNHO.net. <laughs> this is Dr. Martini's website. She's been all over the world trying to get this stopped. I trust a doctor with the name of an alcoholic drink. Let me tell you. It has nothing to do with that, okay? But it's what I'm trying to tell you is that <laughs> the government is planning on doing this to take down the population. Oh, is that why? So the government's aspartame's been, been around a long they're, time, they're Paula. My mom's this, been yeah. drinking aspartame since the 80s, and she doesn't have... Uh, Tumor's all in her brain yet. How much do you have to consume to get the tumor? Is it just one Coca-Cola or 2,500 Cokes? It, it, or what? it takes, like, like, for instance, the MSG. It takes a very little bit to do this. But the really? thing is, I just got had to some Chinese food today. You've got to, you have to stay away from the products that have this in it. You've got to look at the ingredients. Nah, you know like what? If it tastes good, I'll eat it. MSG. That's my rule. Hey, Paula, huh? thanks for the warning. We really appreciate it. You know what? Humans are living longer than they ever have in the past. And the fact is... Because we're living longer, we're seeing more things happen, like diseases and that sort of thing, because, well, you just didn't live long enough to see those things happen before. So, I don't know. Maybe aspartame is dangerous. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe MSG is dangerous. I know some people are... the science would come out to uh, support that at some point. I know some people are deathly allergic to MSG, and it's certainly dangerous to them. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that aspartame isn't dangerous. Hell if I know. 
I, I like to st- I'll stick with sugar, okay? Aspartame is a is an artificial sweetener used in place of sugar. That's as I understand it. If you look at the I think diet coke ants won't eat it. That's for sure. You, you look at the uh, you know I don't like the Splenda. I don't like the aspartame, the Equal, whatever it whatever Splenda's it all is. Splenda's amazing stuff. It it doesn't come close to sugar though. I mean, is sugar's the real deal. You know, they said at one time that margarine was good for you. Now we know that margarine's, margarine's bad, bad for, for you. you. Yeah. And so you know what's good, what's bad. Who knows? Who really cares? If you want to spend all your time reading ingredient labels, then please spend your life doing that. I'm going to go ahead and pick up the phone and order some nice General Zhao's chicken from the Chinese place down. And they might not. I don't think they use MSG, but you never know. Nothing I, like a good pepper steak. It, it's just people that are so obsessed with, uh, with, with food because they're scared of what might be put into it. Now, again, I'm, I don't want to make it sound like I'm callous to the people that are actually allergic to things and, and they know that certain foods can harm them. Certainly, you need to be careful in those cases. But if you don't have any issues that you know of, Whatever, man. Enjoy life. You only get to live once. Why not eat what tastes good to you? Why not enjoy and indulge? I know, I'm a hedonist, right? Well, don't get fat. Well, I mean, if you start getting fat, you're going to notice at some point you can turn it around. Until then, why bother with all this? And certainly, leading a crusade against one chemical. I mean, I don't have a product in front of me right now to read the label off of, but I mean... There's like sodium pentothal, yeah, sodium all peroxide, of, right. benzoate. I mean, you, what the hell's all that stuff? I don't know. Who does know? Who knows? And who's going to take the time to... Who besides a food scientist person, a person that actually manufactures these chemicals and comes up with these ideas, who else knows what these things are? There's got to be 15 different chemicals in your average food product that they put out. I mean, again, something that's manufactured, some manufactured food product. There's got to be a, a tons of different chemicals in there. I don't know what they are. I don't think about what they are, and I feel okay. That's why you should eat whole foods. You know, things that, that y- you you make food from them. Mm. Produce, that meats, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That way yeah, you don't have to worry about that stuff. That's fine. Not the preservatives. My Chinese food's got chicken in it. Anyway, I just don't understand what the big deal is. And I'm sure there are people out there that are health nuts and they're saying, oh, How can you be saying this? You need to take responsibility for what you eat and blah, 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 blah. You're just so young. You don't know what you're doing yet. Okay, well, whatever. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Well, probably not. Healthy corpse. You know, but what do you do in that case? There's so many different risks that we take in life. So many different risks. There's so many things you can do that are going to put your life in jeopardy. The last thing I want to do is be concerned about the things I put down my throat. 800-259-9231. If you want to chime in on this, uh, is Paula blowing, uh, is she blowing this aspartame thing out of proportion? Do you know anything about it? I don't know if I really care, but... Maybe you know something. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the email box, shall we, Mark? Let's. Calden emails in. He says, I was at work today, and we were discussing some politics, and a friend of mine said, I should listen to your show. So she gave me her 80-gigabyte iPod, which I promptly switched out, uh, and I went back to work with your show in hand, and I've got to tell you, I think you're a very good host. You're very reasonable on most points, and your delivery is excellent. Is this to me? Uh, no, I, it's just to Free Talk Live. It doesn't really say yeah, any name at the, at the front. Yeah, he's talking about me. Go ahead. 
<laughs> he says, uh, I had the pleasure of hearing one of my favorite wrestlers, Kane, talk about Chris Benoit, and I have to agree with you both 100%. However, that's not what I emailed you about. By the way, though, if you want to hear us interview Kane from the WWE, actually his real name's Glenn, uh, we've got the interview on our website at guests.freetalklive.com. He says, I am a liberal. There are reasons why. One is my poor upbringing as a child and our need for government assistance. Without it, I definitely wouldn't have made it through as well as I did. However, the government itself did overreach a few times, so I understand the need for personal freedoms. The large bureaucracies can be overreaching, and they go too far. Don't get me started on the ridiculous laws that are in place for drugs. Anyhow, your belief that the free market will solve everything, that's my issue. I know that you should be prepared for this. I want you to explain to me how you might possibly handle the commons if we didn't have social programs that would put people first before money and greed. The general well-being of this country is included is included in our constitution. The idea of a government of the people and by the of the people and by the people means we take care of our own. This is our government and we should benefit from it as citizens. There's so much, I mean, he's got more, but there's so much just misinformation socialist and socialist nonsense here that it, it needs to be rebutted. Uh, first, he says, how will you handle the commons if we don't have social programs? Well, d- define the commons. Is it the parks, the parks, uh, the streets, uh, the things that we all supposedly, the airwaves, the radio waves? Is that the commons, too? These public goods, so-called? Well, easy to handle. You turn it over to private hands. Turn it over to individuals. Turn it over to businesses. Turn it over to charities. Turn it Sell over. Sell it and pay the debt of the government. Yeah. Turn it over to people that actually will take care of them correctly. Have you ever been to a government park? Have you ever Have you ever gone to the bathroom at a government park? Not without getting propositioned. Well, uh, unless there. Uh, most of the bathrooms I've been to are so small. There's only one toilet, and it's just dismal. There's like a little light up at the, just awful looking little bulb painted at the top, gray, and if it's and, painted at all, and it's just an ugly place, and it's not taken care of well. And then you go to a private park, or you go to some uh, privately run organization, and it's taken care of because if they don't take care of their bathrooms, and people aren't going to want to come back to their park. Anyway, we'll get back into uh, to his email, dig into it, and uh, also hear from you at 800-259-9231. He says he thinks that this is our government, that we should benefit from it as citizens. Is it possible to benefit from a government? Hmm, interesting question. We'll explore. 800-259-9231. Is it possible or is that just a fantasy? This is Free Talk Live. Just enough time for your call. If you make it now, 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are for free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and buy my house at house.freetalklive.com. Do you really laugh? Are you honestly <laughs> laughing every time I say that? It surprises me. I'm used to seeing, I'm used to hearing you talk about Amazon, the amp, Amazon yeah. or the, the AMP program or any of those things. Yeah. <laughs> trying to sell well, your house on the internet. Saturday show's the biggest show, so it's more likely I'm going to pr- uh, promote the, uh, the house sale on the Saturday show. That certainly would benefit uh, Free Talk Live. Hey, have you ever wanted to live on the sun coast of Florida, beautiful Florida, just minutes away from the beach? Well, have I got the house for you? It's my house. House.freetalklive.com, three bedrooms, two baths, beautifully remodeled. I dumped a bunch of money into it, and I'm going to lose it all because the buyer, the market just sucks, and I want to mm-hmm. get out of it. So you're going to get a great deal, and I'm going to get out of my house if you buy it. 
House.freetalklive.com makes a big difference for the show if you if you can do it. That's house.freetalklive.com. All right, so uh, we're going to the phones here in a moment, but just to touch on this email from Calden, he says a government. He's he calls himself a liberal. He likes the show, and that's good because I'm sure it'll grow on him, and he'll uh, he'll start to understand these concepts soon. But he says that uh, the general well-being of the country is included in our constitution, which. In my opinion, the Constitution is not general a perfect welfare document. is uh, right. the, the clause that he's talking about. This but. is a problem. This is one of the problems with the Constitution is that there are some things in there that are subject to interpretation, and some people subject uh, some people interpret that general welfare clause to mean that the government can do all kinds of things, all kinds of things that right. Uh, the simple fact that it says the general welfare and then goes on to list the things that the uh, the the different the three different branches are allowed to do, and then says in the Tenth Amendment that anything that it wasn't specific noted in this constitution is remanded back to the states or the people respectively right so it's you know the general welfare that's the reason they rent the wrote the constitution it's not an a, a, a function of government the idea of a government he says of the people and by the people means we take care of our own this is our government we should benefit from it as citizens well now it is possible to benefit from the government's existence it is possible or at least to feel as though you're benefiting if you're Receiving a check from the government, you feel as though you're benefiting. Um, if you're very, very poor or, or uh, indigent or, or whatever, and the government is cutting you a check and you're, you know, you're making a, a you're, you're living comfortably off of the government's dole, then I could see how one might look at that and see, yeah, this government thing, not such a bad thing. But you don't see the bigger picture, and what you don't see if you're getting those checks is the people that are being harmed in order to send those checks to you. Now. It's not really a benefit for all of us if most of us are losing our wealth and our freedom in order to benefit a certain segment of society. Because that's how it works. Government forcibly takes money from people. Forcibly. That's what taxes are all about. If you don't pay, they're you go going to, jail. to put you in a jail cell. Which is really slavery. Which, yeah. in this constitution that you talk about, this 13th Amendment outlawed slavery. Well, once again, it's uh, subject to interpretation, Mark, and the people that interpret it are Say government that's not people. Slavery. Right. Well, the people that interpret the Constitution are government people, so they have an in- uh, they have an incentive to interpret it in a way that favors government and not freedom. Right. Anyway, so um, most people don't benefit from government. In fact, um, no one really benefits from government on the whole, because government is a parasite. Government does not provide anything of real value in the economy, because if they did, then they could do it on a voluntary basis. And they'd be able to actually fund themselves without having to use threats of force. So what government does is it goes to people that are productive, business owners, uh, entrepreneurs, people in the marketplace, people that are working, employees. It goes to people that are out there producing products and services, and it demands money from them. And it says, you know, if you don't pay, we're going to put you in a jail cell. So people pay. Because they're scared. They don't want to go to jail. And these people you're talking about, business owners, uh, rich people in general, are the, the, they're the most generous of givers. As to, far as to charities charity and that, and that kind of thing. Sure. So government goes to these people and demands and, and extracts money from those people. That's money that could have been in the hands of people that know what to do with it best. Government doesn't know what to do with that money. It doesn't have, uh, it doesn't, it's not subject to marketplace signals like consumer demands and, and what the consumer wants and, you know, the, the things that, the, there's so many different marketplace signals. We can't even get into uh, the different marketplace signals. But government isn't subject to it because it does business 
on the basis of force, not voluntary interaction. So government goes around and confiscates money from productive people and then goes and spends it on whatever's politically viable at that time. Right. They, they reward their friends and punish their enemies with it. Exactly. Um, so that's really all that the government is. It's simply a parasite. It's, it's nothing more than a gang like the mafia writ large, a gang that essentially flies flags in front of its offices. And to say that, that there's some way that you could benefit from the existence of the mafia, the mafia coming around and taking your money from you and in return for protection, uh, to say that you benefit from the mafia being around is absurd. They destroy freedom. They threaten people. They ruin lives. And he already pointed out that he disagrees with the war on drugs. So that's a great area to see how the government ruins lives. The right. government wants to benefit its citizens by preventing them from getting drugs. To think that you'll have the control over the government, to think anyone's going to have enough control over the government, um, besides the uh, criminals that have a tendency to rise up into the government, um, to really be able to do the right thing with it is foolish. It's ludicrous. I mean, this is what the government does with its power. It starts the war on drugs because drugs are by ahead. Right, and the things that government does that you could point to to say, well, oh, this is good, it's helping poor people. Okay, well, maybe a handful of poor people are getting helped by the government welfare program, but you, again, aren't looking at the big picture, because people are getting stolen from in order to to fund this program, unlike the Salvation Army or whatever, where you voluntarily choose to give them money. People are getting stolen from, and in addition, the government's overhead is tremendous. The federal government's welfare program is eh, somewhere between a 60 and 70 percent overhead, depending on how the calculations are done. Right. So that means 60 to 70 percent of the um, 60 to 70 cents on every dollar that's taken from people is really just going to middle class government bureaucrats, and it's not going to poor people. Right. But then the rest of that money, that 30 percent that's left over, is doled out in politically favorable ways. So. Even though it's being given to people, many of those people are just people that know how to work the system. They aren't necessarily people that that are need that are really needy of that money. But eventually, some of that money will get into the hands of people that are uh, are. You it's know, just inefficient as hell. Right, Everything the government does is inefficient. Right. So if you compare that that overhead, that seventy percent, if you compare that to the Salvation Army, or you compare that to the United Way, or you compare that to some other private charity, the Red Cross, you'll see that the private charities do business at uh, you know 10 20 and 30% overhead so it's like the complete opposite from government so these private charities are doing the same wonderful work they're helping people but they're doing it on a voluntary basis and that's why that works better because if they don't do uh, if they don't organize their charity in a way that is effective if they aren't spending their money in a way that works then the people that gave them the money are going to say you know I, I don't really like the way you're doing there's, this. There's somebody better out there that I can give the money to. Yeah, and I'll just give it think, to your competitor. Just think um, how much more money people would have to give if we didn't tax the crap out of them. If we yeah. didn't take, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 percent of their wages and taxes. Right. I know that sounds crazy, but when you take all the taxes out there and you add them up, and you'll see that it it may be low. That is not a benefit to my life. I don't care about what the services are that you claim that they provide. They're protecting you, or they're da-da-da-da-da, whatever. They're protecting you from uh, terrorists, and they're protecting your health from aspartame, or, or whatever. God knows I, what. I don't care what they're the... They're always protecting me from something. Right. I don't cl- care what the claims are. The fact is, they're taking my wealth by force, without my consent, and that's wrong. And they're taking it from people that can ill afford to... Uh, to, to give it to. I mean, poor people are taxed, too. 
That's, they sure are. You better believe they're taxed. Uh, so we can keep going on to this. We've got to go to the phones, and I'll save the rest of his email. Maybe we'll get to it later tonight. If you listen on the live stream in an hour from now, we'll be doing a, a special Internet show, filling in for someone el- uh, somebody else at freetalklive.com. But in the meantime, we go to Ron in Indianapolis, listening on WXNT. Hey, Ron. Hi, how are you? My name is Juan. Oh, Juan, what's on your mind? I was going to comment on that bird brain, Paula, about the aspartame, but I'm listening to the program, and all I've got to say is, have you lost your marble? Yes. Talking about the government like that? What are you talking about? This is the best government that we've got, saying that they're taking from you? But they are taking. They're stealing, sir. It's theft. I don't see how you How do you think that? What happens if you don't pay taxes? When you take something that's not yours. that That is public. That is public comes from our taxes. They take it for a reason. Well, now I don't care what their no, reasons I, I, are. I, I'll give you that they, they have reasons, but do you understand that taking something without asking is stealing, right? No, what right? they're asking you, they're, they're, it's, it's partly participation. Certainly they don't just take it from you. There's a reason for it. Well, it's There's not participation. When I, when I, when I, if they I don't, don't pay, I go to jail. So that's, that's really it's, stealing. Ron, it, they're no, taking no. it by force. You understand that, right? They're not taking it by force. This is something that you have to do. It's something what everybody right. If you, you have, have to, to do, do it, it it's, it's force. coercion. <laughs> if you don't do it, they put you in a jail cell. They How many times has the Salvation jail? Army threatened you at gunpoint? We have the best roads. We have the best... Are you kidding me? Maybe you guys have roads paved out of gold in Indianapolis, but uh, where I live, there's potholes all over the place. Hey, I wish we had more time to discuss this. Call us back next week, okay? And thank you for the call. For Monday. Just, I mean, wow. Wow. Anyway, uh, we'll see you online in the meantime between now and Monday night at freetalklive.com. And have a great weekend. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.